Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Warehouse. My name is Mark Dickman. I'm one of the pastors here. And that song, that refrain, was something that stirred deeply in our hearts a long time ago as we planned Warehouse 242. That song hadn't been written yet. But that sense that there is a loving God who is steadfastly and faithfully pursuing us and who, so, who is so ready to unleash something in this city, uh, that, uh, that sense that that same God who was at work in Jerusalem 2,000 years ago was alive and well today and was ready to do something in and through people like a lot of us. Today, we celebrate a bunch of stuff that's really good to celebrate. We're going to celebrate a baptism in a little bit. We're going to celebrate new participating members who are joining in the movement and saying, we're ready to be part of the red-hot core of where Warehouse 242 is going. And we also want to celebrate the fact that Warehouse just uh, turned 13 years old. That's a good thing, right? Birthdays are worth celebrating. Yeah. And 15 years ago, as, we, as the planning for a warehouse was really rolling, it hadn't had a name yet. But there was this, this sense that so many of us, as we were planning and forming and talking about what were we going to name this church, there was this real deep sense that there was a significant problem in warehouse, or in the city of Charlotte, rather, that we felt like we at Warehouse were wanting to lean into. See, uh, Charlotte, 15 years ago, as we were planning Warehouse, uh, Charlotte already had 600 churches. And we had the sense, though, that with 600 churches in Charlotte, that there were growing numbers of us, 20s, 30s, and 40-somethings, that had a deep desire for God, had a deep desire to let God in. But we didn't necessarily feel like we had a home in Charlotte. And there were many people moving from the West and from the Midwest and from the Northeast who grew up outside the Bible Belt, grew, out, grew up outside the land of Billy Graham. And uh, they were not ready to darken the door of their parents' church or what looked like their grandparents' church. But there was a deep sense of their own brokenness, of, the, of their own longing, and their, their deep sense for something more. And so we knew that there was a, a significant problem. What, where were these thousands of people coming from all across the country, pouring into Charlotte? Where were they going to go if they weren't going to go to traditional churches? And there were a lot of good churches in Charlotte, and still are, but there are a lot of great churches in Charlotte over a decade ago. But we had the sense that the problem was that a lot of new folks to Charlotte weren't going to go to those churches. And we dreamed and said, well, what if the solution to that problem of our friends and neighbors who didn't have anywhere to go, we, we said, what would happen if we would create a church where people like us could feel like that was a real home and that was a real community, where the music resonated deeply with us, where the language of, of what was presented really connected with us in a real way? What if there was, a, if there was a, a church community where we could develop real, deep, substantive relationships and connect deeply with each other? What if there was a type of, of church community that we could engage the culture of Charlotte in meaningful ways through the arts and through serving our city and through, and through serving our neighbors? And what if, above anything, what if we could create a church where not only would we be excited to go, 
but we would be excited to invite our friends. We would look for opportunities to invite our friends and say, it doesn't matter what your church experience was. It doesn't matter if you've never been to church. Come to my church. I'd love for you to join me. And we had this deep desire that there could be a new kind of church for Charlotte, for people like us and for our friends. And that was the birth of Warehouse 242. 13 years ago, we had our first service. And the first service answered the question, why one more church in Charlotte? Why another church? And we answered that question, and that was the beginning of a wonderful ride that we're still on. And from that birth... Um, we had this keen sense of immediacy, though, that, that fueled us each day. There was a keen sense of, of urgency that, that kept us going because we really believe that when you confront the living God and when you confront the person of Jesus and when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, that you have this passionate drive within you that says, when your life has been changed, you so desperately desire your friends and your family to experience that same change. And you don't want them to wait another day to experience that same infusion of life and freedom and deliverance that Jesus offers. And so 13 years ago, we passionately and urgently pursued that mission. We started at First Ward Rec Center at 7th and Davidson. We were doing portable church. And then we quickly outgrew that space. And a number of you came and, and joined us at the Grady Cole Center. And on Saturday nights, it would be cold, it would be cold play or it would be Moby or it would be Bon Jovi because they were still going back then too. And then Sunday morning, we'd come and we'd do portable church again at Grady Cole Center. And we were there for over a year. And then we had this sense as we were growing and we were ready for the next evolution of warehouse. We had a sense that there was a place that God was calling for us to, to make our own home. And then he brings us here. 2307 Wilkinson Boulevard. And of all the places in Charlotte that God could have chosen to bring us, he brought us here a stone's throw from some of the most fragile neighborhoods in all of Charlotte. And we sense that calling of God saying, yes, this is what it means to engage the culture and engage your city and to serve your neighbors because you've got neighbors in desperate need, not just in the corporate centers uptown, not just in the neighborhoods around town, but you've got neighbors in need right across the street. And so we had this sense as we looked at the problem, as we looked at the solution of what a new kind of church would look like, and as we said it's important and, and, and necessary that we engage in this, in this church with urgency, we had this dream which would really become the shape of our vision that as much as we would uh, be a type of church that would be very different from a lot of churches in Charlotte, we would link up with other churches, though, and, and we would we would hear the, the longing and, and, the, and the voices of others say, you know, I don't quite get you guys. How can I understand what you're all about? For some in the city to even say, I'm not even sure I believe what you believe, but I'm sure glad you're here. And in fact, that dream that which would become our vision was really embodied in the sense that our deep desire for our, our neighbors in our city to say, in fact, I couldn't imagine what this city would be like without you. And that became the vision which is really embodied in this ancient Hebrew text from the Bible, from the ancient Hebrew scriptures, this Proverbs 11.10 that just so captivated our heart. When the righteous prosper, the city rejoices. Not the self-righteous, but the righteous. 
those people who have been confronted by the, by the extravagant love of God, who know very well their own sin and brokenness and recognize their own desperate need for God's intervention and who recognize that only Jesus can accomplish that, that redemption. And because of Jesus' righteousness, that those who choose to follow him, we, in some marvelous way, that's really a wonderful mystery, we get to, to wear the righteousness of Christ. And because we get to join him in his kingdom movement at this city in this time, that we then go forward and we go forth into the city. And because we have the righteousness of Christ for those who choose to follow him, we get to be the ones who look and see where things aren't right. We get to join together and, and seek to make it right by God's power. Where relationships are fragmented and broken, we get to engage and seek to make those right with the love of Christ. Where our city, where our friends and neighbors in the city are in peril, and when there is deep poverty and deep despair in our own backyard, we get to say that's unacceptable, and we want to make that right with the power of God, and we want to join in God's kingdom movement here in the city. And where the arts need to flourish, and where creativity really needs to come alive, and where artists and creatives feel like they don't have a voice within the church, we want to make that right, and we want to give a home for artists and creatives to feel like church can be for them too. And when we looked around at the world and when we see the, the preeminent issues of our day and issues like, amongst other, global HIV AIDS, the preeminent pandemic of our day, we said it is unacceptable and it is not right that people are suffering throughout the world. And as a church, we want to engage in that because of the extraordinary love of God in our lives. We want to engage and help make that right by God's power. This is part of the, the kingdom movement that we felt so a part of and so desiring to, to, uh, to involve our lives into. And that's what keeps us going today. As we connect more deeply with God, we want to see our lives transformed and changed. We want to flourish and we want to prosper because we want to be a blessing to this city and to this world so that as the mission goes forward, that the city would say, again, I don't quite get you guys. I don't quite know if I agree with all that you say and do, but I'm sure glad you're here. And we think that's a big vision because that's not a vision where you ever arrive at and you never say, well, we got that one covered. Now what's next? The vision takes continued urgency. And so every Sunday we, we have church, we, we worship together and we pursue our normal friends and we engage in the needs of the city together. But we also realize that there are times where we just need to stop and we just need to celebrate and recognize that God has been really faithful to us. Through some really hard and challenging circumstances over 13 years, God has really been faithful. And that same God who has been so faithful for 13 years, we have bold faith and bold confidence that he will continue to be faithful as we move forward. And that as, our, as we connect deeply to each other, and as we connect deeply to God, and as our lives transform and change by the power of the Holy Spirit, that our city and our world will rejoice. And that's why we're here. And one of the most practical ways that we can celebrate, and one of the pr most practical ways that we can see this happening is through a baptism. And in just a few minutes, we'll bring up Blake Narr as we celebrate his baptism. And um, to lead into that, you're going to see Blake's story. And uh, I'm going to 
string together that story at the very end, and then we'll call up Blake, and we'll celebrate one of those core things that fueled us 15 years ago when we really started planning for this church and 13 years ago when we had our first service, that passionate desire for people to experience the fantastic love of Jesus and for their lives to be changed now and forever. And so with that, let's see Blake's story. It started with Shan. Shan introduced me to a pastor in Gastonia. Then I had coffee with Ron and met Davis. My name is Blake Narr. I have lived in Charlotte for the past four years. I moved here from Boston in the fall of 2008. Uh, I work uptown for Ernst & Young. My life in Charlotte right now is very different than my life in Charlotte four years ago and uh, very different than my life before I came to Charlotte. Um, I've found God and I've found Christ and it's changed my view of the world and it's changed the way that I look at myself, uh, that I look at the people around me and uh, certainly the way that I interact with others in my community. I would say that uh, I used to be a prisoner um, to the image that people in my peer group had about me. Uh, I think I was a lost, selfish person that was more concerned about what people thought about me than what they would think about who I really was inside uh, and care more about the image that I portrayed uh, than the person that I really wanted to be. It all started through a friendship. Uh, prior to moving to Charlotte, I did not have God or religion or faith or whatever anyone might want to call it in my life. Um, I had removed myself very far from that. Uh, but after coming to Charlotte uh, at my first job, uh, I made a friend by the name of Shan. And Shan came into my life and got to know me as a person. And she began to learn about me and ask about me. And as she learned more, I think she saw some potential in who I was and what was there for me, and she also saw the broken image that I sometimes portrayed. And uh, she asked me one random day after we had developed a friendship if I'd like to join her and her family for church. For a while, I declined. Uh, she had asked me a couple of times, and I had excuses for why I couldn't go. But one... Uh, one Saturday evening, she had reached out to me and sent me a text and asked me if I wanted to go, and I said, sure. After church that day, I didn't really think a lot of it. I felt as if I, uh, I did a good deed, and, uh, and that was something that I checked off the list and not something that I'd have to worry about her asking me about again. So at the same company, uh, I worked for a man named Ron, and Ron and I like to have our, our business meetings over a beverage, which normally was a, a martini, but we decided one day to have a morning meeting and meet each other at Starbucks on East Boulevard. And as we met and were talking through our initiatives and things going on at work, uh, a man came walking up to us, and it was someone that Ron knew. His name is Davis Kirkendall. And Davis introduced himself to me, and Ron let me know that Davis runs a group in town called Search Ministries. And Davis uh, 
asked who I was, he asked my name, he asked a little bit about what I did, and that was that. So shortly after this time period, uh, another friend at work, Sarah, um, knew the situation I'd been going through, and I told her that I was confused and I didn't quite understand it, and she gave me a book. So I read the book, and I decided to meet Ron for one of those martinis. And I was sitting with Ron, and I was telling him about the book and what I had just read. And he said to me, you know, that's really interesting because I ran into Davis the other day. And Davis told me to tell you that he's been praying for you. So I reached out to Davis, and I wanted to understand a little bit more about why he'd been praying for someone that he met once in a coffee shop. It started with Shan. Shan introduced me to a pastor in Gastonia. Then I had coffee with Ron and met Davis. Then Shan prayed for my family, and I prayed with my father, my mother, and my sister Lisa. That came back to Sarah. Then Ron brought up Davis again. Davis led me to Peter. Peter and my Bible study group led me to a church experience at Forest Hill. Friendships along the way led me to a kickball team. Kickball team led to Paola and Kristen. And Paolo and Kristen led to Mark and Warehouse. Uh, there were areas of my life that maybe I wasn't quite ready to give up. And Kristen and I had a very open conversation about our faith experiences and our relationships that had been developed with God. And what I saw in that conversation and what I saw from Kristen was someone who made that step. Someone who had recently been baptized and left behind the... Uh, the dead self that, that she wanted to leave behind and fully step into the life that Christ had set aside for her. And given that this was one of the first times that we had hung out, uh, it was inspiring to see that there were people who had been in my shoes, people who had been in my situation, and were willing and courageous enough to take that step. Blake, if you could come on up, and Davis, if you could come on up as well. We're privileged that a longtime friend of Warehouse 242, Davis Kirkendall, is here, part of that video, and uh, an important part of Blake's story. Uh, before I ask Blake some questions, and I'm going to ask you just to grab that mic, um, before I ask him some questions, just uh, a word of encouragement to all of us. Uh, if you are a follower of Jesus, regardless of, and we know we have a lot of friends who are joining us today from different churches, which is awesome. This is the great reality of the body of Christ, the big C church. Uh, if you are a follower of Jesus, we get to be a threat in people's lives. We don't have to have the pressure of being the one who delivers the whole message. Uh, we don't have to be Billy Graham. But we can have a conversation with someone. We can give a book to someone. We can invite someone to church. We can write a note and say we're praying for someone. And because of the inward work of what God is doing in our lives, we get to be threads in other people's stories. We get to do that. And for those of you who are part of the warehouse community, every time you... Bring someone into the parking lot. 
Every time you serve coffee for someone walking through the lines, every time you greet someone at the door, every time you greet someone at check-in, every time you take care of someone's kids, you, in ways that you may never know this side of eternity, you get to be threads in their story. Every small group that you lead, every retreat that you go on, you get to be threads in the stories of others. We get to do that. And so, Blake, what a privilege to share this moment with you. And so, in light of your video, just tell us what step you're taking today and why now. Um, I think as you saw my video, what you saw was that I was trying to be involved. And I think the result of that um, is that I've stopped looking at that and I've been looking at my experience of following that path. So what we're going to participate in with Blake today is this moment where uh, he's going to live out a theological reality that we believe has gone on in his life. We're going to ask uh, Blake to kneel, and as he kneels down, this is symbolizing the fact that because of his sin, Blake, uh, along with the rest of us who call ourselves followers of Jesus, Blake is acknowledging his sin and his desperate need for God. And we're about to pour an extravagant amount of water on him. <laughs> symbolizing the extravagant love of God. And water is that, is that symbol of, of purification and cleansing that God offers. And then after all that water pours over him, he's going to rise up. Symbolizing a, a resurrected and new life. Filled with the Holy Spirit. And Davis will have an opportunity to, to pray for him. And friends and family, we can get, gather around him as well. So, uh, Blake, just a couple questions for you. Are you here today to declare your profession of faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior? Yes. Do you commit to pursue God's purpose in your life by the power of his Holy Spirit as a member of the family of God and as a participating member of this community? Yes. Participating members of Warehouse 242. Do you commit to journey forward with Blake to encourage him and to pray with him and for him? Yes. Blake Nar, I baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. You are God's beloved. And he is well pleased with you.
And if you are friends and family of Blake and you'd like to join us in prayer, please come on up and we'll circle around Blake. And Davis is going to pray for us. privilege, our awe that we kneel, that we stand with our new brother in Christ, Blake. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy, your compassion, your faithfulness. We thank you for your love. And, and we thank you, Father, for this symbol of the death, the burial, the resurrection of your son, our Savior, Jesus. And we thank you that Blake lives because you live. And now he lives in freedom to serve, to bear fruit, to live a life of purpose and dignity and meaning, a life that will be lived for you. We who surround our brother um, commit as a community to uphold him, to encourage him, to admonish him, to teach him, and to serve with him. And we pray that his life will be a great influence for you here and there and everywhere that he goes. Thank you, Father, for demonstrating to us your grace with so many people who have been a part of his journey leading to this moment of his public declaration. We thank you for your sovereignty, for your grace, and for this amazing privilege to be one as a community before you. We love you, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Davis, thank you. Davis has been a longtime friend, along with other friends from Search Ministries, and Davis will be hanging around for a little bit afterwards. There have been a number of you in the warehouse community who have connected with Search Ministries over the years. And if you're a professional, if you're looking for a, a connection with uh, other like-minded professionals seeking to learn more about God and how he interacts with your life and what plans and purposes God may have for your life, I know Davis would love to talk to you about groups that he's got going that are happening around the city as well. Davis, thank you. Now we get to do another celebratory uh, moment or act, and that is to welcome new participating members. And so if you are a new participating member who have come on board this year at Warehouse, why don't you make your way and come on up? Um, we have a, a lot of folks who have taken the step. And if you can just kind of line up along the back end here by the speakers, uh, we'll pray for you in just a little bit. The elders will come on up in just a sec. Amber Greenwalt, Brian Greenwalt, David Meggs, Eric Lesner, Kristen Martinez, Brianna Dobbins, Lori Zanino, Brad Earnhardt, who's in the back, Terry and Bob Gluck, Drew Chin, David Self, and Sarah Self, Troy Felton, Rob Craven, Ashley Anderson, the Harrises, Holly and Brandon, Paola Mateos, Melissa Robinson, Owen Hernandez, Wade and Haley Bartz, Paul Sampson, uh, April Fernandez, Megan Kearns, Colleen Quarren, Andy Magruder, John Pardeen, Sean and Paul Castino, Anita Hyatt, Blake, and Anna Sherrod and Nick Bro. 
Awesome. Um, these are new participating members this year. And some of you have been participating members who have come on over the last couple of years, and you're like, I don't remember us going through and doing this. Well, uh, you know, in all honesty, this is a, this is a tradition at Warehouse that, um, that we're recovering, that we're bringing back. And uh, it's, a, it's a marking moment that we want to do at these celebrations to say, um, this is a, a community of faith this, to say, um, we're, doing the, we're linking arms and we're pulling together. These are people who have said, yeah, we want to be a part of this growing movement forward of what Warehouse is being called to do, both in the city now and in the future. So for you new participating members, I'm just going to ask you a couple questions, and then um, I'll have the elders come on up and we'll, we'll pray together. So good to see you and your families here. Um, to you, new participating members of Warehouse 242, do you acknowledge yourselves to be sinners and your need for God's mercy as the sole source of your salvation? Do you profess your faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, and do you receive and depend upon him alone for your salvation? Do you now promise and resolve in humble, humble reliance upon the grace of the Holy Spirit to live as fully devoted missional followers of Jesus? Do you promise, sing it, that's right, say it loud. Do you promise to serve Christ in his church by supporting and participating with this congregation in its mission to this city? And do you submit yourself to the government and discipline of the Evangelical Presbyterian Church and to the spiritual oversight of the elders of Warehouse 242? Finally, and this is a biggie, do you promise to promote the unity, the purity, and the peace of this church? Elders, if you can come on up and pray with our, uh, with our participating members, find them. They're a big group, but uh, lay your hands on a bunch of them. And we'll pray together. Um, participating members, on the basis of your profession or reaffirmation of your faith, and having been baptized and approved by the elders of this church for active participating membership, I welcome you into the full fellowship of Warehouse 242. Let me pray for you. God, this is a great privilege to see friends who um, are joining together with us in our mission to the city. Bless them as they go forward from here. Um, protect them. Expand their influence. And uh, fill them with the fullness of yourself, Holy Spirit. Um, encourage them in their lives as they seek to be threads in the lives of their normal friends and family. And uh, give them great courage as they uh, invest their life in this city and in this world and in this community. Um, Jesus, may you be uh, their source of life and hope and joy each morning. We are grateful for their partnership and grateful for their lives and their families. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thanks, everybody. Let's hear for our new participating members. All right. As we move to the second half of our service today, let me uh, just introduce the offering. We know we have a lot of new guests here today. We do have cards on the chairs. If you, you can take those with you if you'd like, but you can also fill out any information that we can get to you uh, from those cards. You can put those in the baskets as they go, uh, as the baskets come through in just a sec. Uh, this is our opportunity to respond. Again, on the basis of what God has done, on the basis of what God is, what God is doing, and on the basis of what God will do. Um, all we have is a gift of God's. We're simply stewards of the generosity that he has been so gracious to, to pour out to us. So financial offering is just a small way to give back and to say thank you to the good movement of God and to the God's generosity. So feel no pressure or compulsion to give, but if you are led to give, we would ask that you do so.
generously, and we're very grateful. Thank you. So much to celebrate. Stand and sing with us this